0: Take it right Strike! Strike!
1: Well done, Mabel. Too good for me, I'm afraid.
2: Never say die, Danny. The gods may be kind to you.
3: Well, fair enough. A faint heart never won a fair lady.
2: Excuse me, Mom. Uh This message just came for you, It's uh, It's marked urgent. Oh, thank you.
3: Is it urgent?
2: Yes. Excuse me a moment, Danny. I must make a telephone call.
3: Yes, of course.
0: Let me come! Let me come! It's too late, sir.
2: The, 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 the
0: telephone must have been booby-trapped.
3: Listen, you, you brought her a message.
0: What was it, I don't know, sir. It was written on a piece of paper. Look, sir, it, it's still clutched in her hand.
3: Yes. Yes, I see it. Get it, will you?
0: Here it is, sir. What does it say? Um, it, 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 it says, Dear Poppers, please most urgently ring Grosvenor five nine nine five or call at 33 Half Moon Street.
3: The receiver of death. Grim-faced Inspector Bottomley, who sat opposite me in my office. A woman had been brutally murdered, and the only clue led directly to my office. I was somehow very glad that the inspector was a personal
1: friend of mine. I've obtained this picture of the victim under happier circumstances. Here it is. You might look at it, Aubrey, and tell me if you know her. No. No, Inspector. I've never set eyes on her before. Mm. There's no doubt she was murdered and by someone who knew her movements pretty thoroughly... At that time of the day, only this Danny Rushton fellow and herself were in the tin-pin bowling alley. The telephone was booby-trapped. And since messages are always delivered by hand, it only needed such a message to send her on her last walk to a violent death. Now, it's, it's fiendish. Did you find out where the message came from? Yes, it was phoned in by a man. That's all we know so far. At the moment, I'm checking the movements of everyone who used the club this morning. But what puzzles me is how the phone was booby-trapped in the first place. Had it been done haphazardly, it could have killed anyone. So whoever did it knew that she'd be alone with Danny Rushton. Who's he? He's a glib young layabout who preys on rich and lonely women. Mabel Cornelius, with her name. Australian. Very rich and lonely in England. Mm. Well, the Australian bit would account for a rich woman being inside a belly, alley. Yes. Is it a popular sport with all levels of society in Australia? Has anyone telephoned you in the past few days, intimating that you might be telephoned or visited by a rich Australian woman? Absolutely nothing. But since we handled almost any kind of assignment, well, she may have been recommended to us by anyone for any sort of job. Is it the recommendation that I'm interested in? She could only have been recommended by one of your old clients. Well, I won't keep you any longer, Aubrey. If anything turns up, I know you'll ring me at once. This is a particularly obnoxious crime. I, I shan't rest until I have the culprit. Goodbye, Aubrey. Shut up. Good hunting.
2: Yes, sir?
3: Come in a minute, will you, Miss Fairweather?
2: Yes, sir.
3: Oh, uh, by the way, are the evening papers out yet?
2: No, not yet, sir.
3: All right. Bring your notebook.
2: phone
3: through to here, Mr. Mason? Good. Miss Fairweather, a potential client tried to ring us this morning, and she was brutally murdered.
2: Oh, good heavens, sir. How?
3: Uh, you'll be able to read all well about it in this evening's paper when it comes out. She was recommended to us by a person or persons unknown. A slip of paper was in her hand, and, well, it had our telephone number and address written on it. <coughs> Assignments Unlimited.
0: Good afternoon. Mr. Aubrey Mason? Speaking. Oh, Hello. I don't suppose you remember me. Manning Redvers is the name, Taunton Yacht Club. Uh, One of your men did a little collection job for me a few months back.
3: Yes, Mr. Redvers, I do remember. How are you?
0: Oh, exceedingly well. I'm uh, ringing on behalf of a friend of mine, actually. She wants a reliable man to collect a box for her and deliver it.
3: Well, that sounds quite straightforward, Mr. Redvers. What's the name of the party and where must my man go to collect the package?
0: Well, uh, I'd rather she rang in herself, actually. I was checking up that uh, you could accommodate her before I finally put her on to you.
3: Oh, I understand. What's the lady's name, Mr. Rivers?
0: Cornelius. Mrs. Mabel Cornelius. Hello? Hello, hello. Are you still there?
3: Yes. Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> I,
0: I, I thought we'd be cut off. Did you get that?
3: Mr. Rivers? when did you last see Mrs. Cornelius?
0: When did I last see her, my dear chap? Why, she's here with me now at the Yacht Club.
3: (laughs) But that's impossible, sir.
0: Look, have you taken leave of your senses, Mason?
3: I'm sorry, Mr Redfuss. I I think you'll understand better when you read this evening's paper. Mrs Cornelius, uh, well, the, the lady you have with you, she is an Australian. Of course.
0: Do you know each other?
3: I'm sure it'll be of great interest for you to know that another Australian lady, another Mrs Mabel Cornelius, was murdered this morning inside the Yellow Band Bowling Club.
0: Are you being serious, Mason?
3: I was never more serious in my life.
0: Great Scott, I must tell Mabel.
3: And I must tell Inspector Bottenley. Will you be at the club for a while, Mr. Riffers?
0: Yes, yes, yes.
3: Might I suggest that you stay where you are until the inspector sees you? I'll telephone him and inform him of this development, all right? With pleasure.
0: Anything we can do to help. But first you'd better speak with Mrs. Cornelius. The matter she has in hand for you is of some urgency. Now, just hold on. Oh, um, um, here she is.
2: Hello? Is that Mr. Mason?
3: Yes, Mrs. Cornelius.
2: Manning tells me there's been a bit of trouble, but he didn't say what.
3: Only oh, well, he'll give you the rough outline after you've finished speaking to me, Mrs. Cornelius. All
2: right. I want you to collect a box for me and deliver it to my yacht. It's valuable, and it's locked away in the office of one of my warehouses, and I haven't got the key. I think you can get it for me.
3: If you tell me where.
2: Well, Manning has said that you were reliable and could do a job with a minimum of fuss. It's Cornelius Warehouse on L Wharf at the St. Saviour Dock in Bermondsey. My yacht is also called the Cornelius, and she's tied up at Galleon's Point in North Woolwich. You think you can find it?
3: Well, I know London fairly well, Mrs. Cornelius. Yes, you can leave it to me.
2: Good. Be as quick as you can, and bring me here at the Yacht Club when you finish the job, all right? Right. Bye-bye. What happened, Chief? Did our client come back to life again?
3: According to Inspector Bottomley, that would be impossible... Get him on the line, Miss Fairweather. I'm going to send him over to the Taunton Yacht Club and suggest that he takes a certain Danny Rushton with him. If there has been any reincarnation, Danny will know all about it.
1: here before Danny? Rather well I promised myself that the last time would be the last time if you know what I mean not so welcome anymore at the Taunton Yacht Club eh? a minor disagreement with the secretary that's typical of you gigolos you border on the line of confidence tricksters and finally turn to real crime when all social outlets are barred to you. Well you don't have to worry about this visit, it's official a fact for which I am extremely grateful inspector. In you go I phoned ahead. Mr. Manning Redvers and Mrs. Mabel Cornelius are waiting for us in the anteroom. room David, sir, are you the gentleman for the police? I am. Uh, go right through, sir. Sir, second door on the right. Thank you. Come on, Rushton. Uh, Inspector Bottomley? Yes. You must be Mr. Manning Redvers. That's right. May I introduce Mrs. Mabel Cornelius?
2: How do you do, Inspector? And who's this young man?
1: A witness.
0: Mr. Danny Rushton.
2: The man who was with that woman in the bowling alley? Oh, I'd like to ask him a few questions. No, no,
0: no. Don't get upset, Poppers, dear. Uh, The Inspector will sort it all out. Here, now, you take a chair and I'll fix a drink. Oh, um, do sit down, Inspector, and you too, Rushton. I'm afraid this is a personal question, Mr. Redworth.
1: Did I hear you refer to Mrs. Cornelius as Poppers? Oh, yes, sir. A nickname I have for her. Is that of any significance? (laughs) It could be. Where did you meet this woman calling herself Mrs. Cornelius Rushton? At the Woolly Lamb in Shepherd's Market three nights ago. I was her constant companion after that. Where did she stay? She had a flat at 87 Woodside Grove in the West End. Mr. Redvers, do you know the Yellow Band Bowling Club? No, I am not a bowling enthusiast. Someone rang the club this morning when only Danny Rushton here and the woman calling herself Mrs. Mabel Cornelius were playing. They left an urgent message for her to telephone an organisation known as Assignments Unlimited. Oh, yes, yes, I know the company very well. Aubrey Mason, yes, capital fellow. Do you know the telephone number? Yes, I think I can remember it. Grosvenor?
0: 5995.
1: Why? The message left this morning at the Yellow Band Bowling Club. The message that sent this unknown lady to her death read thus. Dear Poppers... Please phone most urgently, Grosvenor 5995,
0: or call at 33 Half Moon Street. Really? Have you spoken to Mason about this? Yes. And, and now the light begins to dawn. That's why Mason knew all about the bogus Mrs. Cornelius when I telephoned him.
1: What interests me most, Mr. Redbus, is who was the bogus Mrs. Cornelius, and what motive could she have for assuming your friend's identity? It's a puzzle, isn't it? But then I've heard that confidence tricksters often assume the names of famous people. Would you consider yourself famous, Mrs Cornelius?
2: Well, I really hadn't thought about it. Wealthy, yes. Famous? <laughs> it's a moot point. You say the message was to ring this Assignments Unlimited place. But that's a coincidence, isn't it?
1: To ring urgently. It had to be urgently, because she might have been in no particular hurry to get in touch with Mason. In which case the booby trap would have misfired and would need to have been dismantled. Unless the murderer was prepared to let some completely innocent person die for no reason at all. Come in. There's a call for you, Inspector. The secretary said I was to ask you if you want to take it out, sir. Uh, Who's it from, do you know? Mr Aubrey Mason, sir. I'll take it. Uh, Just let the receiver, sir, and you'll go right through. Thank you. Hello. Bottomley here.
3: Hello, Inspector. Just checking up that everything's all right.
1: No, everything's just fine, Mason.
3: Is Mrs. Cornelius genuine?
1: She seems to be. I'm having a power with them all now.
3: Oh, then I'll take up no more of your time and leave you to your mystery. If it still is a mystery.
1: Oh, it's that all right. More of a mystery than ever. I'll see you at the club a little later on, perhaps, Aubrey.
3: Oh, quite a bit later. I have an important job to complete first.
1: All right. Thanks for ringing. Goodbye. Bye. Now, Mr. Redvers, Mrs. Cornelius and you, Danny Rushton... What we have to determine is who sent that urgent message to the Yellow Band Club. It must have been someone you know, Mrs. Cornelius, and you, Mr. Redvers. Oh, how do you work that out? The message. It begins, Dear Poppers, and only you call Mrs. Cornelius Poppers, Mr. Redvers. Now, for the sake of argument, let's assume that you didn't ring the Yellow Band Club. It means that whoever rang thought he was leaving a message for the genuine Mrs. Cornelius from you. (laughs) Interesting, isn't it?
3: Was the unknown woman killed by mistake? Was the booby-trapped telephone intended for the real Mrs Cornelius? It seemed inconceivable that the killer, having laid his plans so carefully, even to the detail of knowing Mr Redford's pet name for her, should mix up the two women. On Danny Rushton's evidence, they bore no physical resemblance at all. Add to this the testimony of the Mrs. Cornelius at the Taunton Yacht Club that she never went to bowling alleys, and it became increasingly clear that Inspector Bottomley was confronted with a baffling mystery. Certainly, the murder had been committed by a complete fool or a soul endowed with fiendish genius. These thoughts ran through my mind as Penny Fairweather and I drove quietly to the warehouse at St. Saviour's Dock in Burmese.
2: Penny for your thoughts, Chief. What? You're immersed in deep cogitation, Chief. Brow study. Your brow is deep furrowed with concentration. In short, there's something on your mind. I'll <laughs> settle uh, for nothing less than a curry chicken at Swami's washed down with a quart of ice public. Done. Oh, there's a sign that says St. Xavier's Dock on the left.
3: Good girl. I think I'll park here and we can walk the rest. The less conspicuous we are, the better.
2: Oh, but why, Chief? We're on legitimate business.
3: I explained that Mrs Cornelius had lost the key to her office. I omitted to get a written chip from her, authorizing us to break into the place. If we're seen and arrested, we'll have to spend the best part of three hours in the lockup, while they get hold of Mrs Cornelius to verify our story. And that means no curry chicken at Merishwamis.
2: You've convinced me. Well, park under that lamp. It's not working.
3: According to my map in the office, Cornelius' warehouse is along this way. Come on.
2: Oh crumbs! Suddenly, I don't feel quite so happy about this job.
3: I think it must be the office. The, the stairs lead up the back. Yes, yes, see, yeah. Yes. Would you rather stay down here?
2: Not in your life. That burglar might just be hiding in the shadows, ready to pounce on me.
3: Oh, you read too many penny dreadfuls. We don't even know if there has been an intruder yet. Come on, follow me.
2: It's open.
3: Anybody here? Now. now it's empty. Penny, come in and shut the door.
2: Oh, nobody here. But she said that place was locked.
3: The bars look at the lock. It's been forced. That's why the door wouldn't fasten again.
2: Chief, do you think the visitor was the murderer? Possibly. Oh crumbs! Yes.
3: Stop saying oh crumbs. Well, I don't see a box anywhere, do you?
2: Well, come to think of it, the information Mrs. Cornelius gave us was a bit scanty. What's the box supposed to contain, anyway?
3: I don't know. Well, there's nothing here that I can see, unless it's in the safe. Well, let's try that. No. No, it's no good. It's, It's shut fast. Can
2: you force it, Chief?
3: I'm afraid not, Penny. It's a modern make and it has a combination lock. I could get the combination from Mrs. Cornelius at the Taunton Club, Well,
2: Well, Do you know the number? I'll give her a ring.
3: Hang on. Uh, there's a telephone director here. Tam. Wait a minute. Here we are. Tam. Ten, Tam, ten, 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 uh, Taunton. Uh, here we are. Taunton Yacht Club. I'll underline it with a pencil for you. Oh, thanks. I'll only be a minute.
2: Shall I say you want to speak to her? N-
3: no, Penny. No. No, Penny, don't touch that phone. Chief,
2: what's the matter with you? Oh.
3: Thank heavens you didn't touch it. I oh, that was close.
2: Oh, what on earth's the matter with it?
3: Well, look what I found on the desk. A pencil note. Read it.
2: Dear Poppers, the moment you get in, ring Grosvenor 5995. It's the number of assignments unlimited and the man Aubrey Mason I told you about. Well, Chief, it refers to you. Well, what's it all about? I don't understand.
3: The last time someone got that message, it was the last thing they ever did read. Look, Penny, hand me that parcel string on the other desk. Mm. Thanks. Now, I'll tie one end of the string to the receiver. Be
2: careful, Chief.
3: Oh, you don't have to tell me. Now. Now, Penny, we'll carefully unroll the string towards the door. Ah!
2: Oh. Oh, sorry, Chief.
3: Your nerves aren't very good. Open the door. Now, we'll go down the stairs as fast as we can. Hmm. Well, that's as far as we can go. Well, like to find out what would have happened if you picked up the telephone in that office after?
2: Well, I'd have got the dialing tone.
3: Perhaps. Anyway, here's your chance to make sure. Pull the string. Go on, pull.
2: All right. There.
0: Come in. Excuse me, Inspector. A gentleman would like to speak to you on the other line in the office. He wouldn't give his
1: name, but he said it was urgent. Yes, I'll come now. Excuse me, ma'am. Gentlemen. How long do we have to stay here, Inspector? Not much longer.
2: Thank heavens for that. I've got a headache.
1: I'll deal with this caller, and then I think we can all go home. Where's the office? Uh, This way, sir. Thank you. Hello. Inspector Bottomley.
3: Mason here, Inspector.
1: Aubrey. Why all the secrecy?
3: I didn't want the others to know I was phoning you. Another telephone has been booby-tapped.
1: What? Who is it this time?
3: Oh, it's all right. Nobody's heard, luckily. It was intended for the same person.
1: Mrs. Cornelius.
3: Right. There was another note, this time in the murderer's own handwriting. Have you got it? Yes. It was addressed to the same nickname,
1: Poppers. Look, Aubrey, drop whatever you're doing. Get round here as fast as you can. Tell the lad on the entrance to the club to summon me to the office. I'm speaking to you from there. Now, I'll gen him up. Whatever you do, don't lose that note. All right? I'll leave it to me.
3: Oh, I've got Miss Fairweather, my secretary, with me. Is it all right if she comes, too? Fine,
1: keep me away. No, that'll be perfectly all right, Aubrey. Get here as soon as you can. Roger. God, it's exciting, isn't it, sir? (laughs) Like to be a policeman on the murder squad, sir? Well, you bet, Inspector. Here's your
0: chance to learn. I know. When that man arrives, I'm to show him into the office and tip you the wink. I heard it all, Inspector. Did you know? That's what a good cop always does, isn't it, sir?
1: Eavesdropping where a policeman is concerned is laudable. With a page, boy, it's impertinent. Send for me right away. My apologies to you all. It was merely a routine call. (coughs) By the way, Mr. Redvers, I think we shall be here a short while longer. The secretary asks if you would send him a note for anything you might want from the bar. Oh, yes, that's rather a good idea. And uh, how about you, Inspector? Thank you. I'd like a bottle of beer and a glass of lemonade. Would you like to borrow my pencil and notebook? You can write down the order on that. Oh, uh, thank you.
0: Oh, and what about you, my dear?
1: Something? So you made it, Aubrey. Good show. Have you got that note? Yes, here it is. The man who calls Mrs. Cornelius Poppers is Manning Redvers. Now, I bluffed him into writing out a list of drinks, a list I retrieve from the page boy. Now we can compare the handwriting on the note with this on the drink slip. Oh. Not the same? Not the slightest resemblance.
3: Resemblance?
1: That's it, resemblance.
3: Thought of something, Aubrey? May I go inside and talk to your little trio, Inspector? Well, if you think it'll help. I know it'll help. Come on.
0: Oh, well, whether well, it isn't Aubrey Mason. <laughs> Good evening.
2: Oh, so you're Aubrey Mason, are you? Did you complete that job I asked you to do for me?
3: I wasn't able to. Unfortunately, the place had been broken into. What? Blackguard? Perhaps. Of course, I didn't have the combination to the safe. That's one reason why I came here, uh, to get the combination. Uh, you do remember it offhand, I'm sure. Well, uh, do you?
2: You know, it escapes me for the moment. Uh, well, this evening's been so...
3: Oh, it? Well, it doesn't really matter. What is important is Danny Rushton's home address for the indemnification certificate. We always take out such a certificate when our clients are embroiled with the law, or oh, even if they're only witnesses.
1: Uh, write it down there, will you, Danny? Do as he says, Danny. It's quite legal. All right.
3: There you are. Thank you. Hmm. How interesting. Now. Uh, what the blazes are you doing with that pistol, Mason? I never take chances when in the company of a cold-blooded killer. You see, I know who murdered the woman in the Bowling Alley Club. The box that was stolen from Mrs. Mabel Cornelius' office contained private papers revealing the existence of a sister. A sister who bore a strong resemblance to her. The box was stolen by Danny Rushton. Why? As a guarantee that his partners in crime wouldn't double-cross him. You see, the woman who was murdered was the real Mrs. Cornelius, and the phone was booby-trapped by Danny. He reasoned that if she didn't phone immediately from the bowling alley, she would the moment she arrived at her office. Danny wrote the notes using Manny Redford's pet name for her. Once the bowling alley murder was listed as murder of person unknown, by person or persons unknown, Mabel Cornelius's sister would have taken over the reins of the shipping fortune, ably assisted by Manning Redford's and Danny Rushton. Manning Redford's never did reveal what the real Mrs. Cornelius wanted us for. Like the other two he'll probably maintain a stoic silence for the next fifteen years.